Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Anthony Amos. Anthony has started Bathe to Save with five Aussies, three rabbits, and a rescue puppy. The family is traveling the United States visiting all 50 states and 150 plus capital cities, washing dogs at shelters and events, raising $1 million for animal rescue and adoption within 12 months. They have a 63-foot motorhome that they are living in with a big blue dog van that's a grooming salon in tow. Anthony, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, this is one of those times when I actually wish we had the ability for people to see things because I've seen pictures of the mobile home that you have and the the dog wash van in the back. And it's just an amazing, an amazing looking combination of vehicles. And so I highly recommend people check it out. But wanted to just uh, give you an opportunity to share with us. This is an incredible project, an incredible campaign that you've launched. And, and if you could share with our listeners some details about what you're doing. Well, let's sort of start from the beginning. So obviously, we're from Australia. There's my beautiful wife and three children that are now, uh, Isabella just turned 14, nearly 13 and 12. And uh, we are doing 50 states, traveling through 50 states, 150 plus cities, going to shelters all around the country. And we're raising a million dollars for animal rescue and adoption over the next 12 months. You say that as if that's sort of an easy thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I, I tried to say that with so much calmness. And I try to say it slowly so everybody can understand me because, yes, it's actually true with what I just said. (laughs) So when you were, I assume you were over in Australia, maybe you were in the States. You know, how did you come up with this idea? Well, it all it also stems back to um to the business model that I own, which is Hydro Dog. It's a big blue dog, and in Australia there's over two hundred of them, and they go to people's homes and wash people's pets, you know, dogs and cats at their homes. It's a mobile grooming business. So I started that business when I was 21. I came straight out of professional football. I played, uh, I went straight from high school to professional rugby league. And in my down season, which is like an off season here in the uh, in the US, I started a business with my brother of going out and washing people's dogs. And I loved it so much. You know, entrepreneurs don't really like being told what to do once they've got a vision. And I love my football terribly. I, I lived and breathed it from a five-year-old kid. And when it got professional, it changed a little bit for me. So once I got into this um, business, it could have been cleaning windows or cleaning pools. It was the fact that I was out there doing something that I had full control over. And it sort of took off and I liked it a lot more. And then I was able to play local rugby league. So I didn't have to play professional and I could run my own company. So long and short, that business exploded. We grew to 100 franchises very, very quickly. We then turned it into a master franchise, which is called an area rep franchise over here, which means somebody can buy a state or a territory, and then they look after the franchisees. And I was in heaven. You know, we sold, we've only got seven states and territories in Australia, not like 50 over here. 
And I was working with seven entrepreneurs and we were growing a business. So that was very, very exciting for me. And we grew again, you know, we got up around the 200 mark. Then we sold the company. We got into some big property deals. And then um, the family, I then got into business with my wife. Well, she'd been in the business all, all of that time. But then when we came to the US, it was just us and not my brother. We brought the big blue dog over here. We didn't literally bring it over here. We found a manufacturer over here to build it for us and uh, found some great business partners and we got involved. And after a year of building the franchise model, I went back to Australia for a funeral and I came back and I said, look, we're leaving so much money on the table. We want to corporatize. You know, we really want to grow it out. And I said, listen, you can't corporatize this type of business model in the service industry. If you don't have skin in the game, people don't have that same passion to be successful. If it rains, they stay home and watch a movie. They get drunk on Friday night. They're not going to go to work on Saturday with a hangover. And most women get pregnant. They will walk away from the round and, and be more concerned about having a baby than worrying about going out and washing dogs. So I said, look, let, let's then, we've got to go through a buyout. If you're really fixed on this, and the buyout was, you know, something I couldn't refuse, we went our separate ways. A year and a half later, they called me up and said, look, you were right. We should have franchised. Uh, we're going in the liquidation. You want to buy the company back. So, of course, you know, I tell people out of my marriage to my beautiful wife and my three children of the, of the birth that I was out of each one. This was right up there as one of the most exciting days of my life. So I was able to get the company back, and that's when all of this story started. The kids were watching those horrific Humane Society ads and said to my wife, what can we do? How can we help? We've got Hydrodog back. Surely we can save you know these animals. Not long before that, we'd gone on a two-week holiday RV, and it was one of the best holidays of our lives. We took the RV up into the North Carolinas and – went into the mountains and we went to the snow and Rachel said, you know what we should do? We really don't need to be in a fixed location. Why don't we get the big blue dog and tow it behind an RV and do the 50 states and brand it? And why don't we do something good and give back and raise, try and raise some money and save some lives? So it was really a combination of the whole family. And then I sort of put the, I'm a very action orientated personality. So when I get an idea or a goal put into my head that I'll do whatever it takes to make it a reality. So I went to work and put all the moving pieces together and then we literally got on the road. So the goal was to raise a million dollars, visit all 50 states and wash as many animals as we can and save as many lives as we can. So that's really how the, the basis of the whole journey started. That's great. It's a, it's tremendous. A lot, a lot of outreach from running a successful business you're taking a successful, profitable business and then applying it into a whole nationwide interest in, in helping animals. I actually had the privilege of, of starting up a, a mobile spay-neuter clinic for cats called the Catmobile. So, oh, wow. I'd love to have the Catmobile meet up with your, with your vehicle, and uh, it'd be pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, so that that is that's fantastic, and it sounds like your family is all on board with this idea. What are the things that you have learned? I don't know how many months at this point in time have you been on the road, and and what are the things that you've learned on this journey so far? Oh boy! Um, all right. One thing about Australians that I've noticed in the world now that we've been around so many different people from so many different countries, and especially with a lot of Americans, we get on so well with them. I mean, they love us, and we love them. And we're straight shooters, you know, we sort of don't beat around the bush. We like to sort of tell people how we feel, but we do it in such a nice way we don't really offend people. We just, you know where you stand with us. And I think having that opportunity in itself, we always know 
where we are at that time that needs to be fixed. And being in the pet industry for 20 years, having a very successful franchise in Australia that, you know, having this big blue dog, it was the largest of its kind in the world and still is to this day. I felt like I was bulletproof that I can jump into this rescue world and know everything. And you know what it was like? It was jumping into something brand new that I knew nothing about whatsoever. So I was actually very naive thinking that I could come into this rescue world and tear it apart. We had to relearn every aspect of the way this industry is. And the whole goal was to do a year and a half. And it took us nine months for the first part of the trip just to understand the culture, the politics, the relationships, who to actually work closer to. And I think after that, it's now put us in a very, very strong position to this weekend on the 11th of June here in LA, we're literally kicking off 12 months, 50 states, 150 plus cities, but we've already done 27 states. We've already been out there and we've, uh, what's the word that we've used, reconnaissance mission? that's, That's how we feel the first nine months was. And now- Having the relationships with the greatergood.org, Wild Pets, having Hydrog washing all the dogs for us, I think it's put us into a great position because now that sort of, uh, what's the word? I, I don't want to say that it's, it's, it's proven that what we're doing is, is right or justifying what we're right with those partners. But and then we've got people like Math Aids on board and we've got Fortress Credit Professionals on board. You know, people that are really sort of wanting to get their branding around the country has exploded because they can really see the value of uh, the contribution because we've got a reality show that's going to be starting soon. We've got Larry King on board now as the ambassador for the 12 months. I mean, that stuff just does not happen if you're out there actually doing something good and, and creating a few noises to expose an industry. So getting into this wasn't what we thought, but like a true entrepreneur, you know what they say? You you jump out of a plane and you create the parachute on the way down. <laughs> you know, that's that's it. That couldn't be a better a better truth. I think what have we learned after the month of starting this, the honeymoon was definitely over. Having two well, three teenage kids now and, and two two girls that are, you know, going through that next level of life, it, it's not easy. But what we're doing is we're starting to realize our positions of contribution and understanding that how impacting this can be because all the eyes are on us right now on are they going to do it? You know, what is their outcome? Are they going to raise a million dollars? How can a family live in that, you know, that period of time and do this sort of thing? And and the kids having the opportunity of contributing like this. And I'm telling you, if anyone ever sees them in action, they're washing the dogs, they're drying the dogs, they're texting the customer for when the next wash is done. We're we're booking out up to two hours sometimes for people lined up to get their uh, dogs done at these events. So we've learned more than you can imagine. And one of my favorite stories that I tell that I love for my contribution to the, the children and Rachel, of course, to the kids is when we're in North Carolina and Larry King was in the RV, t- you know, interviewing <laughs> us. I, I mean, you know, that to me was one of the highlights of anything I've ever done. The Larry King in our bar sitting there talking about our story. Yep. We were up at a place and there was a guy in the hotel that was working behind the bar and he said to me, where's one of your favorite places? I've heard all about your story. It's incredible. I've looked you up online. Where's your, where's your favorite place so far? And I said, well, I've, it's actually my favorite state's Oregon at the moment. And he said, whereabouts? I said, Pacific. And he finished my sentence and said, city. I went, Yes. And this 50-year-old guy turned into a kid. He was telling me the sand dunes and the beaches and the bush. It was just – it was incredible to watch this guy get so 
emotionally charged about this place. And and what we found out is that that's where he grew up as a kid with his grandparents, and it brought him back to his childhood. And I looked at that for a second and thought, wow, these kids, when they get older, they would have gone to 50 states, all the capital cities, anywhere in the world. They could be in Rome and they hear an American voice and they're, they're going through the country or they're doing some sort of expedition and they hear an American voice. They can go up and say, excuse me, where are you from? They're going to either be 100% they're going to be in the state where they're from, possibly the city that they're, or definitely the city that they're from, or maybe one of the towns that they, we went through. So that particular dialogue forever is going to be something that they're going to have that I feel is if, if all of this is great, that's one thing I know that's going to be outstanding for them as they get older. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love community cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of community cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. I want to hear from you what the Community Cats Podcast means to you. You can now leave a recorded testimonial on the Community Cats Podcast website and share your thoughts about the show. You can also ask questions, share show ideas, pretty much anything you want. Just go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on the testimonial link and record. You hear from me all of the time, and now I want to hear from you. Thank you. So as a listener of the Community Cats podcast, and I know that my listeners are going to be like saying, well, this is great. We're, you know, you're doing the dog washes and raising money. How would this help cats? You know, are you going into the shelters and seeing what they're doing for cats as well as when you're parking and trying to raise awareness for their special? There's a lot of special adoption events, it seems like, that when you're on tour, you're going and they're trying to adopt out, you know, the animals in the shelter. So I know one of the questions is going to be, you know, how how would this affect cats or how are you helping cats? Well, let me give you two really good examples on how we actually do help the, the feline species. Obviously, it's predominantly the dogs because we have a big blue dog and, you know, it's associated to dogs. However, we are getting out there and being loud and proud about animal adoption and animal rescue. It's not dog adoption or dog rescue, it's animals. So it can be, look, we've got three rabbits. Believe it or not, we have three rabbits that live with us in this RV. It's a topic I'd prefer not to talk about because I get emotional every time thinking, how the hell do we have three rabbits, a dog, and three adults, uh, five adults now in this, in this bus driving around the country? But yes, we have three rabbits. So we're very much animal orientated. And I'll give you a really good example of a typical weekend for us that makes this whole experience just something else that really hasn't happened before. On the Friday, let's just say we're going up to Colorado Springs, which is one of my favorite favorite examples. We get there Friday morning, typically around about 4, 4.30 on the Friday at the shelter. The morning crew turns up. We do between three and four live segments backwards and forwards. You know how the morning crew does that and they come back in and they see you out there live. 
So we'll do our little interviews. The kids will be interviewed. And then when the morning crew leaves, we will watch every single dog at that shelter, whether it's five or whether it's 73. Our record's been 73, and we've been there the whole day. Mm. So the Saturday turns around, and generally the Saturday is a big event. Now, up until now, we've been dovetailing into everyone else's party, you know, everyone else's event, which is great. But now we're doing ours. This coming Sunday is our event. We're not dovetailing into anybody else's. So oh, we're still going to as we go around the country, but this weekend, this this is the kickoff for our, our um, event. So then on the Saturday, we have this big day where they're always the first to arrive, the last to leave, we'll wash dogs all day. The greater good would have gone out and pitched the opportunity of donating online, and um, people get right behind that. So the local community gets in touch with the big event. At the end of the event, we would have worked out how much money we've raised, how much money the greater goods raised, how much awareness, you know, Wild Pets put out there with the products. And then all of a sudden, we've got this amount of money we can do this huge big check to. And we've done anything from five, I think $13,000 might have been our our highest number at this point. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Oh, for a shelter, my good. Do you know what $1,000 does for one of these shelters? Oh, unbelievable. So, you know, we go from zero to hero in a matter of a day with all of these people that are, that are volunteers and shelter managers and what have you. So it's a very, very rewarding thing after the the hard work. And leading up to that event is obviously very stressful and trying to get it right. But I think we've got to a point now where, you know that saying, you've got to get uncomfortable to get growth and go to the next level. Well, personally, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable these days. It's sort of, it's it's a known thing and I sort of push through it very strong. I think the family's getting there, but not like me. I, I've just got to a point where so many things have happened only through by miracle. The grace of God has just said, <laughs> I'm going to throw Moses down there for you for two seconds. He's going to part the sea, but run like hell and get across there before it closes again. And too many of those things have happened for me not to um, not to feel that, that that this can't work. So after writing that big check, then what happens on the Sunday or Monday, this is going to be starting soon. We're going to be having what's called a discovery day. So anybody that is interested in looking into becoming a part of the grooming world, the dog world, you know, wanting to get involved in the um, the animal rescue, a part of Hydra Dog. So the big blue dog then is on stage and you can either come in and purchase a big blue dog or you can become an area rep, which means what I spoke about in Australia, where you can run an area and have franchisees under you. Now, the reason this is so important, Stacey, is that once the tour is over, Bathe the Stave still lives and so does the actual acknowledgement of rescue. So Hydro Dog, one day a month, this is a great example again, after we've been in Colorado Springs, build up the relationship with the shelter, build up the relationship with that particular event that happens every year, and all of the customer base that belongs to the shelters with the support, volunteers and what have you, they will wash, groom, and create noise one day a month for the Bathe the Save rescue world to keep its ears open about what Hydra Dog is doing. So let's say Hydra Dog is now left behind, if you like, at that particular shelter. It's now creating more awareness in that localized market. It's saving dogs' lives by creating these events and raising money. So we're sort of keeping the dream alive. We didn't want this to be a huge, big thing, 12 months, raise 18 months, raise a million dollars, everybody gets excited, and then nothing. Right. We're going to keep that traditional effort through Hydro Dog as we go. So now what Hydro Dog has become is a very conscious, orientated 
business model that if you want to become a part of Hydrog, you're not just buying a franchise, you're not just buying a business, you're committing to a long-term partnership with the animal rescue world of creating awareness, raising money, giving up at one Sunday a month or a Saturday a month to go to the shelter and help out. And then you can see the support that you're going to get. You've got the owners of the company driving around the country in a 200-square-foot home visiting all of these states and raising a million dollars for animal rescue. That That's the type of company you're going to get involved in. So we feel if we put up that type of um, commitment to our business model with a social conscience, then as you start to come in, you know, you, you're becoming a part of a bigger family with a bigger mission rather than just purchasing a business model. So that's really what the end game is at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and as you're starting these franchises, a lot of independent business owners or individual business owners, they feel like they're all alone. And you are pitching this franchise as saying, no, you're going to be entering into an already existing community. Yes, 100%. And you've got to be that way inclined. This business model isn't for somebody that just wants to come in and make a ton of money and make that their focus. You've really got to care. You've got to love the fact that you could be saving dogs every month. And this is a really good, I I love using this example so much because it excites me enormously. If there's 200 in Australia, the Australia population is the same as Florida. Mm. So theoretically, Australia is like an extra state of America if we're going to be doing business like this. This this is crazy. Even though it's the, the, the mass of the countries the size of America, we only have 25 million people over there, the same as, same as Florida. Now, if we bring 200 franchisees over into America today and just say that, that, that we're in Australia, each one of those operators just saves one dog a month, just with what we're planning with the shelters after the tour finishes. That's 200 dogs a month that we're going to be saving, like as in now, 200 a month. But if we put 200 in every state around the country, and you're talking a couple of thousands of these, and then every operator saves 10 dogs a month, you're talking 100,000 dogs a month long-term that Hydra Dog could be participating with the Bathe and Save philosophy of a long-term vision that we just keep growing and keep saving and keep growing and keep saving. And you never know, one day that might be such a big impact that we could get control of the situation. So everyone's got to have a dream that doesn't even make sense or something that really you don't think is possible But if you look at those numbers and look at the commitment and see what the long-term vision is, there's a possibility that that could actually happen. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Is that exciting? Well, scaling. I mean, one thing we don't think of a lot in the nonprofit world, in the animal rescue world, is creating things that will scale. And you obviously think about that all the time. If you're a franchiser, you're always thinking about, you know, how can I create something and then how do I replicate it? We have spay-neuter clinics called the Humane Alliance Clinic Model, and that's the closest thing I think we've ever come to to something that's sort of a franchise model. And so I think this is absolutely fantastic for us all to think about as we develop our programs and we find things that work really well. Let's see how we can create a a package to replicate it for others all across the country. Anthony, if people are interested in finding out where you're going, how your trip is doing, find out general information about all of this campaign, how could they find you? Well, what's exciting right now is this. So when we, when we began, we only had a few hundred people across our social media platform. Now, across all of them, we've nearly got 100,000. So what that means to us is the community is growing, and to get the message out there, we've got a couple of ways it can really help. If you want to donate directly to the rescue, jump on our website, which is bathetosave.com, B-A-T-H-E, bathetosave.com, and you can donate directly to the greater good. So the greater good 
They're our 5013C. All the money we make from our events and dog wash days and what have you, that goes to them and then they throw the grants out. So that's how they're helping. But for the profit side of us over here, to keep everything running, we've got a e-commerce site. So again, on bathesave.com, you can go to the shop. You can buy some amazing e-commerce stuff, and that helps contribute towards the tour itself. But what we're loving at the moment is people taking photos of us on the road, and it's so exciting, you know, when we stop and you can see that somebody was either at the traffic lights or, you know, they were following us behind and they've uploaded the photos. So if people can consistently upload the photos, get a shirt or something and take a photo with your dog and, you know, send it in and say we saw Hydra Dog on the road or Bathe the Save on the road. That's the type of thing that we need. We want people engaging and getting into our shop and buying some merchandise and putting it on the internet or taking a photo while we're driving. And um, all of that con- contributes and helps us a lot more get around the country with a little bit more uh, ease, if you like. That's fantastic. Anthony, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? This whole process is, is of course, contribution and giving back, but there's a business element to it as well. And we, we want to be very transparent about that. And, and often people talk about, well, what, what are the two biggest things that really have made you guys stay on track or keep going? Because obviously I'm very influential over my family and what we need to do to stay on track because <laughs> not every day is, oh, this is a fun trip. Let's go down the road and get excited. That We have our struggles. You know, We have days that are really tough and there's a lot of people that say they're going to del- deliver and they don't and we've got to sort of sweep up a lot of things on the back end. So yeah, we have our challenging days. So I always tell the kids that if you learn to live in the moment, like yesterday we went to lunch with a couple of other Australians that are here in, the, here in America, and they said, oh, you're so focused with what we're doing. And my phone would ding, ding, and it'd ring, and I'd turn it off, and I, but I didn't answer. I never do any of that when I'm engaged. But if you learn to live in the moment and the things are out of your control that you can't do anything about right now, learn to deal with them when you've got to get creative and come up with a solution. But if you learn to live in the moment, most of your day will end up being a really grateful day because you're actually engaging and thinking about what you're doing right now. And it took me a long time to to have it the level that I've got. When I said I, I know consciously it's been four years, but when those thoughts come in that you have to solve a problem, they don't enter in, they sort of bounce back. So if people can consciously learn to live in the moment, I think you find a lot more things unfold, especially from a business sense that can really have a big impact. And the second thing is, obviously, everyone knows is never give up because the the only time that you do fail is when you do give up. And the kids are starting to learn a big lesson with that because they see what we get through that almost seems impossible in the beginning, but you just keep consistent and just keep going forward. And you find that you get these sorts of results that we're going through because this has never been done before. What we're doing here in America, five Australians, three rabbits and a rescue dog with a big blue dog towed behind a 40-foot RV going to every state and raising a million dollars. It's never been done before in America's history. And most people that know business, they say, if you love something, emulate somebody, work out what they're doing. If they're successful, then you put your own spin on it and then you become successful. And that's generally true. If you really work hard and study someone or some business, you can do that with a lot of training and support. We can't do that. This is, We are pioneering a path that People, I promise you, once we do this, people will follow us in a, in a way, whatever they're doing, of seeing that A, it's possible, and B, they'll be able to hear us talk. Or there's obviously going to be a book and there's going to be a reality show. People are going to see what it takes to do this. Now, if you're up for it and you think you can take the challenge on, people are going to start you know, getting out and doing something very similar to what we're doing, I'm sure. Well, Anthony, you sound like a, a true sprouter, which I tend to be also, which is trying to think of new ideas and create them and, and, and build them up. And- 
I just want to thank you and thank your family and especially thank your teenage kids because I have a 13-year-old son who loves playing the electric guitar and I can only imagine if your kids like music like he does and I you know living living in the the small space that you're in with everybody's wants and desires so I, I congratulate you and your family on, on all of that and I wish you luck and I certainly I'm gonna find you when you're in Montpelier I'm gonna come down and check you out I'm in Vermont so I'll check you out when oh. you, you're in Vermont and uh, in the end of July. Oh, wonderful. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, come down and season. Even if we can get together, maybe put on a, uh, an event in between our, um, our other ones. Let's talk about that and see what we can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Anthony, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show. And maybe at the end of the tour, we'll do a wrap-up. Wonderful. That'd be fantastic. Thanks for having me. And good luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming. 